With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom to do your deal. Whether you enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, or simply soak up the sun and sand in a tropical paradise, Cheap Caribbean Vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Jamaica and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. Welcome to KFRU's Columbia Business One-on-One. Each week, your host, Mark Mills, spotlights local businesses that have something special to offer. As we all know, Mid-Missouri is a great place to live, and Columbia has some fantastic local entrepreneurs. So enjoy this opportunity to learn more about some of these companies. Now, here's Mark Mills and KFRU's Columbia Business One-on-One on News Talk 98.9 FM and 1400 AM. KFRU. Welcome into Columbia Business one-on-one on this Saturday morning. Thanks for joining us this morning. And uh, we continue here our conversations with candidates for the April 4th municipal election. And, of course, we've been talking to both candidates for city council and also school board. And with us this morning, Chris Horn. Welcome, Chris. Thanks for coming in. Good morning. Thanks for having me. You bet. So uh, let's start like we always do. Tell us about Chris Horn. Oh, man, I'll keep it brief because there's a lot. But, you know, uh, in short, my parents were in the Air Force. I moved there for four or five years growing up. Um, I've got a sister. Uh, I've got three uh, nieces and nephews. I've got three kids myself between my wife and I. And, um, you know, uh, like I said, not from Columbia, but this is the longest place I've lived. Uh, my wife's an educator in CPS. And, uh, yeah, man, we like it here. So. Yeah. So you uh, are on the school board now. Correct. Uh, the only person that decided to uh, go for a second term. Uh, was there was there a point where that wasn't going to happen, or was that pretty much a foregone conclusion? I took pretty much the majority of 2022 to evaluate just that. Um, and there was so much that went into it, right? I mean, um, the board service is it's hard work, but it's worthy work. It's a significant commitment. So it impacts family. It impacts work. So all that was taken into account. And so um, was there a point where I was like, I'm not going to do this? Probably not. But there was a point where, you know, I was just weighing it all out. So And originally uh, you, you ran because why? So originally I ran... Um, purely out of heart of service. I wanted to serve, um, you know, and there's plenty of opportunities to serve in Columbia. I serve on a, on a couple of the boards, but, um, you know, education is valuable. I mean, it's, it's, it's something that's key and it's a significant piece of our community. I would call it a foundational pillar. And so really it was out of heart of service and specifically for Columbia public schools, you know, um, you know, big ideas about early childhood education, wanted to support our educators, um, wanted to continue to push diversity, equity, inclusion, um, both for our educators and for our students. So those were the original reasons why I ran in 2020. If you look back on your first term, what are the best things, if there were a couple or three, that you feel have happened so far? Oh, man. So um, it was a great experience to go through the superintendent hiring process. And I think we made a really good choice. Um, Passing the bonds, you know, particularly coming out of the pandemic, um, passing those bonds were really important for our infrastructure through CPS. Um, And, you know, you know, in in an odd sense, you know, going through the pandemic, um, one for from a board perspective, just really had to dive in and quickly learn what it was to be a board member. Um, And so made a lot of mistakes along the way, but certainly learned a lot along the way. Um, And also, you know, the community going through something that hard, Um, you know, we got to see 
all pieces of it. You know, people showed up in a lot of different ways. Um, so you get to learn, know people relatively quickly and by learn or know people. I mean the community as a whole when you go through something hard. Um, and so, um, so that in and of itself, I think is going to turn out to be a positive. So on the other side of that, uh, what have, what have been the things that have most concerned you? Maybe not from a negative point of view to put that connotation, but just things that have concerned you. Yeah, so the the there's a there's a sense of urgency with regard to making sure that we serve all of our kids well, um, and so the the progress that we're seeing um, doesn't match that sense of urgency. And so we want we want all of our kids to achieve. And we want to achieve well. We want to do it today. And so that that's a little bit frustrating. Um, and then from a from a board perspective, um, I think it's it's really it's really hard when the majority of the community doesn't understand the difference between or who's accountable for what. So what is the board accountable for? What is the superintendent accountable for? Um, and then, you know, um, with regard to how we serve and how we govern, um, you know, we've got to get better about putting the interests of the district above our own individual ones. And so those are probably some of the harder pieces. Yeah. So you talked about uh, uh, making sure that we educate all the kids. So go tell me more about that. So, you know, when we think about our historically underserved kids, you know, we're talking about our black and brown kids. We're talking about our kids that are in free and reduced lunch. We're talking about our special education kids. If you look if you look at our if you look at our outcomes, I mean, the data tells itself, and that's just on the achievement side. And we see some repetitions with that with regard to how we have historically issued discipline. And so, um, so when I'm talking about serving all of our kids well, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So the the report card most recently that was presented to uh, the school board, um, some would uh, probably most would say seventy percent. That's not good. Tell. You obviously have more knowledge of what that what's in that report. Give me an update on that. I would say that we would be with those seventy percent. I think the board would be, and we've certainly heard Doctor Year would say the same thing. We know that that's not good enough. That's not where we want to be. Um, you know, so that that APR annual progress report um, was based off twenty twenty two data, and so some of it um, some of it is not a surprise. Um, most, I think some people will say it's not a surprise because we're, we're coming out of COVID. What I would say, it's not a surprise because what we were talking about earlier about really not serving all of our kids well historically and COVID just exacerbated that. Um, and so with regard to the achievement data, um, that was a piece. And then the, the attendance, um, we got to get our kids to school and those, th- those two things go hand in hand. How do you do that? especially attendance. So some of the things that we weren't doing in COVID, just as a really quick example, you know, um, obviously we were virtual, in school, all that stuff. And so when it came to like notifying parents about, hey, you know, it's been X amount of time since we've seen your kid at school, we're starting to do so those sorts of things again. Um, you know, we have a robust transportation system here. Um, part of that is, you know, there's a small, very, very small contribution to inconsistency in transportation. And when I mean small, it's very small, but it is a piece. Um, and then also, you know, I mean, people are still dealing with the pandemic. We're not out of it. We're coming out of it. And so, um, you know, uh, there's a little bit of regard to that on top of the normal, you know, school misses for people getting sick and things of the sort. You could tell me if I, if I don't know what I'm talking about here, but we have had a full year. We had a full school year last year, 2022, right? Mm-hmm. And and uh, we knew that there were issues uh, that some kids needed to catch up. Did the Columbia Public Schools focus on that gap and try to close it 
uh, more quickly or did we not do enough? So are you talking about the, when you say gap, I want to make sure we're talking about the same thing. So like the achievement gap or a lot of folks are talking about this, this learning loss gap caused by COVID. Both, I guess, but let's start with the learning loss. Yeah. Yeah. So I think they go hand in hand, but we have focused on that and that, um, you know, um, we, we did things like tutor me. Um, we're paying teachers stipends to do additional tutoring. Um, let's see. Um, we, we've partnered with local um, agencies for more after-school programs, so we're trying to find ways to address these things. So on one hand, yeah, they are in response to the pandemic. On the other hand, um, you know, these are things that, you know, maybe we should have been doing before, but certainly we should continue to do um, because, yeah, we want to make sure that all of our kids are able to achieve. Yeah. You, you talked about the school board and, and what that job entails or what it what it uh, should be should be doing. Uh, what is the job of the Columbia Public Schools School Board? Yeah, I mean, so you'll you'll hear, you know, the job of the school board is to do policy, do finance and all that's true. Um, I like to talk about it from a governance perspective. We're here to govern. And so, um, you know, we, we do things from from high level looking looking at the overall district and everything administrative or organizational or operational. Those are the uh, Dr. Yearwood or superintendent is accountable for those. So, yes, we do set policy. Yes, we have to make sure we're managing a budget um yes we have to make sure we're managing our buildings like those are the kind of the functions of it but from a governance perspective um, we need to have infrastructure um so that we can meaningfully engage with the community we don't have that um we also need to make sure that you know we uh we, we have we have a shared governance norms. We have some policies to speak to that. Um, but as a board, we should identify kind of what those norms are. And as a board, we should have some some principles that we can always return to so that we're, when we're making these decisions. Um, so these are just a few of those governance structures that we need to work on. Transparency has come up in a lot of different ways in conversation here recently. And it's not the not like it just started uh, that sort of thing. Do you believe there's some work to be done for the Columbia Public Schools in terms of transparency with parents? I think that transparency means different things to different people. And so from a communication perspective, there's a myriad of ways that the district communicates. Um, I would say that we, we, we some would disagree, but I think we go above and beyond to communicate. But because transparency keeps coming up, it makes me wonder, like, what really is it? Um, and I think it has a lot to do with, with trust. Um, and so I don't think that there's a significant breakdown of trust between the district and the community, but there's something there because it keeps coming up. And so I returned from a, from a board perspective, you know, that's one of those infrastructures. We're supposed to be a conduit between the district and the community. So how can we, how can we add another layer of communication, um, so that we can meaningfully engage with folks to help mitigate some of that, that trust? Um, cause I think, yes, there's some specific mistrust between community and CPS, but there's also general mistrust between folks and institutions in general. Yeah, that's that's probably exactly right. We're going to continue our conversation. Need to take a break, though. We'll come back after this. It's Columbia Business One-on-One on this Saturday morning, 98.9 FM, 1400 AM KFRU. We'll be right back with more of KFRU's Columbia Business One-on-One on News Talk 98.9 FM and 1400 AM KFRU. Welcome back to KFRU's Columbia Business One-on-One on News Talk 98.9 FM and 1400 AM. KFRU. This Columbia Business One-on-One is in this uh, Saturday morning. We continue on our conversation with Chris Horn, who is a candidate uh, to be re-elected to uh, the Columbia Public Schools School Board. 
Uh, Chris, of course, uh, one of seven candidates for three positions, and uh, Chris, the only one amongst those uh, other uh, amongst the seven uh, who has been on the board uh, previously. So let's talk about. We talked about what the board is supposed to do. What are the most important things that you, as a member of the school board, need to focus on? That's a great question. Um, my my most, I think the most important thing I can do is continue to to learn what it is to govern, um, continue to support my fellow board members, um, and continue to uh, keep one another accountable. Um, and continue to communicate and find ways that we can better communicate um, and, you know, really be a champion for the district and be a champion for our superintendent. Um, I think those are the most important things that we can do. And when I talk about being a champion for the district, um, you know, that encompasses, you know, building bridges with folks both in Columbia and outside of Columbia, um, really just advocating for not only CPS, but public education. It's been uh, a bit noisy, uh, the campaign for school board this time, and that's kind of unusual. Do you think, are you concerned that being uh, the one person who is trying to to return and have another uh, term as a member of the school board, is that a negative or a positive? I don't know. Uh, that's a really good question because it certainly is different running as an incumbent. Um, and, you know, coming off of the pandemic, um, we're, you know, if we're being honest, we're in a space where our educators don't feel supported and subsequently appreciated. Um, and, you know, um, you know, parents want more um transparency and communication i want more partnership and so you know there's just a lot and it's easy to kind of to kind of look at the school board and poke holes in it um what i want to do is take all those holes take all that criticism um and think about how we can how we can be better and so not necessarily dodge it but uh really embrace it and say okay yeah this is true we can be better at that or maybe push back when required um and so i don't have the benefit of of what I would call ignorance that I had the first time around. Um, And also I really want to be, I want to be mindful about um, the things that we should do. And I also want to, you know, send a message to not only my current board members, but future board members um, and, you know, say, Hey, this is what we should do without alienating or singling anybody out. And really start that conversation with the community by way of this platform, by way of this campaign about who's accountable for what. And so um, I don't want to get into the, I don't I'm not going to get drug into kind of some of the divisive stuff and the, some of the more spicy things and fun things to talk about. Um, I think that'd be an easy thing to do, but I don't know that that's what's best for for CPS. And I know uh, it, it is a group of folks that have been. Well, I guess the makeup has been fairly consistent uh, in terms of maybe mindset. There are a couple of folks who are, or maybe three, that are in the uh, the group that are running now that are significantly different, uh, divergent. Um, um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I know that's an interesting thing. From the outside looking in, we hear that, right? We hear, you know, the board votes 7-0, um, or the board has a particular leaning, um, and so the board is very like-minded. <laughs> I think if you said each of the board members down individually, you'll see a lot of nuance and a lot of differences and a lot of our approaches. Um, and I think that's what we want. Now, I think maybe a fair critique is, does the board reflect the, the, the community, the diversity of the community? That might be a fair question. I would say yes, but I kind of have a bias in that, in that regard. Um, and so, um, you know, at the end of the day, um, we really, you know, regardless of, 
regardless of attribute diversity, regardless of ideologies, regardless of how whatever we think, our number one priority once we get here is to think, okay, what is in the best interest of serving our kids and what is in the best interest of this district? And then that's how we should address everything. Yeah. I know um, there, there are, it seems to me there are a lot of things that come along that that the school board has to, you know, think about and talk about. And in many cases, um, there's not a, a large number of students that could be or would be or are affected. Is it possible? And yeah, is it is it possible that sometimes we get a little bit um, uh, sort of away from the greater good or the the big body part of that? And focus on some. I, I don't want to call them diversions. I know they're important, but I can imagine that they can kind of clog things up along the way. Is that a fair assessment? I hear what you're saying, and, and I think it is. But what I would say is, you know, that's what makes Columbia beautiful, and that's what makes public education beautiful, right? We take everybody that walks through those doors, all the all the educators we hire, all the students that we employ, we take them all. And, you know, what we're trying to do is we're trying to meet the needs of each student with this system. Um, and the system was not designed to meet the needs of everybody. Um, and so we're fighting against that. Um, we're, ta- we're taking this big system and we're trying to make it in a way that everybody can achieve. And that's the mission. We're always going to wrestle on that tension. We're always going to. So, you know, any decision that we make is going to impact everyone, everybody that comes through it. And so, um, so our job, I think, and it's a really, it's an incredibly difficult job is to try to communicate to the community. Like, look, we're always going to be here. We're always going to be fighting against something. And it's always going to be a worthy fight so long as we're working towards the goal of making sure everybody can get what we all want. And that's what we all want to develop critical thinkers. Finally, let's talk about uh, 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 the board passed uh, a policy resolution or uh, said okay to uh, $600,000 for new administrators to be added uh, to Columbia Public Schools. Uh, In a time when money may be a little tight or maybe there's some purse strings that are having to be, you know, pulled a little tighter. Um, uh, that a gr- is that a good decision? I think so. And I think that I, I really like this question because it's, it's one of the reasons why um, our, um, our, our union did not recommend me for, for endorsement. And so um, there's, two, there's a lot of reasons why we did that. The biggest reason is because it supports educators, and it's incredibly difficult to see right now. Um, we saw here in our, in our curriculum audit that that was one of the recommendations. We need to have straighter lines between community to teacher. And so one of the reasons is we hire more administrators so that we can support educators, and we get distracted by that dollar amount, which is fair, um, but we had to make that decision at that time so that we can prepare to hire folks as we start to thinking about the budget. And so um, that's one of the, when, when I hear when I hear the critiques on those, one, they're fair, and two, it almost it almost represents, again, you know, right now, educators aren't feeling supported. Um, so not only do we need administrators, but we also need to hire hourly staff, and we need to improve those wages. We need to improve the wages for educators as well. And so there's a lot of needs, and, you know, the question is, okay, how do we, how do we balance all those needs in a fiscally responsible, sustainable way? Yep. Um, and then, you know, which ones do we do when? Very good. Chris Horn is a candidate for... Uh, the Columbia School Board in the April 4th municipal election. Appreciate your time. 
Thank you so much. You bet. Thanks for coming in. This is Columbia Business One-on-One. We continue after these messages on KFRU. We'll be right back with more of KFRU's Columbia Business One-on-One on News Talk 98.9 FM and 1400 AM. KFRU. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom to do your deal. Whether you enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, or simply soak up the sun and sand in a tropical paradise, Cheap Caribbean Vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Jamaica and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. What's up, folks? Anthony Armstrong here. Bob Popple, along with Super Bowl champion Carl Banks. Hey, NFL fans. This is Solomon Wilcox, former NFL safety and host of the Believe in Bengals podcast. Catch my show and all 32 Believe NFL podcasts. Listen in to former players give their inside perspective on your favorite team. Search Believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcast. It's always football season, wherever you listen. Welcome back to KFRU's Columbia Business One-on-One on News Talk 98.9 FM and 1400 AM. KFRU. And welcome back to our Columbia Business One-on-One on 98.9 FM, 1400 AM KFRU. Mark Mills back in as we continue our conversations with candidates for the municipal election coming up on April 4th. And we welcome back to the program Greg Bush, who is a candidate for city council uh, in the 5th Ward. First of all, welcome back. Thanks for coming. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate it. You bet. So let's yeah. talk about just sort of, we talked last time, uh, that's been uh, a few weeks ago that we had that conversation. So how's it going? Uh, it's going fair uh, to well, as a matter of fact. Uh, you know, there's people that are volunteering with my campaign and, you know, have uh, a campaign manager and such. And uh, sometimes it's uh, they don't always get the same kind of encouragement that I get when I go and meet people. So it's keeping them. Uh, it's not a struggle to keep them engaged, but just to kind of keep spreading the encouragement that I've found from meeting my neighbors and and talking with friends and and new neighbors or new friends uh also uh we're just we're really excited to continue on forward and feeling really good about our chances we talked about um the first conversation we had that you were new to this uh thing right to this uh political thing i guess and to certainly being a candidate for the city council what are a couple of things that you've run across that that you might consider the most important things folks in the fifth ward are looking at sure uh one of the big issues that i'm hearing about again roll carts was kind of early on in the campaign um and i'm talking soft because the day after saint patrick's day so i want to make sure we don't startle your listeners uh too early but uh one thing that was really not necessarily on my radar because I, I know my neighbors, but um, as I've been talking and canvassing with people is uh, short-term rentals in residential spaces. Um, there's some significant concerns about uh, individuals in Ward 5 or from individuals in Ward 5 that are uh, concerned about a, a house that gets turned over um, next to them uh, 
that is in an investment property of somebody that's not a member of our community or, or might be a member of our community. But for the most part, it's vacant. And then it's kind of this rotating, you know, weekend party house with no owner on site. And they have some significant concerns about what it means to be in a residential neighborhood. And they bought a house in a residential neighborhood. And to be next to what is essentially a commercial property is uh, is really concerning for them and what's i mean what's the answer to that uh well so there's an ordinance that's that's coming up and there's kind of a really big kind of separation there's a gulf between uh my opponent and and i on this issue um again i I, the answer is uh, again this is right now it's a completely unregulated industry right um they're not paying, uh, the people who come in are not paying lodging tax, um, which is essentially in reinvestment into uh, cultural events that take place here in our community. Uh, and uh, the answer, I guess, is regulation, making sure that, uh, making sure that homeowners, uh, when they buy a property uh, for their residents, are going to be surrounded by members of the community and not by a business. So uh, this is, there is no concern um, that I have heard uh, of somebody who's renting out a room on Airbnb. There's an owner on site. There's somebody with roots in the community uh, right there. There's It's a neighbor that they know. And uh, there's no concern with respect to that that, that I've run across. There, yep. there may be some. Uh, but they do have a concern of no one on site, uh, strangers kind of coming in and out and strange cars and such. And, you know, uh, uh, Fifth Ward, we, you know, we kind of pride ourselves on our property, pride ourselves on uh, being members of a community and, and being neighbors. And so uh, I guess that's that's part of the answer. Uh, and I'll just be, you know, one vote of seven uh, right. on that. What other things have you run across? Uh the other thing that I've run across kind of personally slash professionally is, you know, I've spent the last 10 years or so working and living in 12 hour shifts, right? Taking care of patients and expecting to have a, and this is one reason why I appreciate this. It's a little bit longer form of kind of getting to know somebody and, and you know, scratching below the surface, but living in uh, 30 second sound bites or, you know, at, let's solve, you know, homelessness, uh, renewable energy, energy in one minute go, uh, you know, that's not how governance is done. It's how campaigns go. But this is a job interview. The campaign is a job interview that is very different than the actual job itself. Uh, so that's kind of a new thing for yeah. me. I had 12 hours to do all of my tasks, you right. know, and I was able to prioritize. So, uh, but it's okay. I always, you know, I'm practiced in making sure that other people's priorities become my priorities, being an advocate uh, for the sick and injured. I think that. Most folks, once things got settled in terms of who was running for what and uh, across the board, but in this case, I think that many would say, okay, there, this is probably going to be a definite uh, choice. There are going to be some differences between the candidates. And I'm not talking about a, a personal point of view, but what are some of the things that you think about and you want yeah. to bring to the table 
that are different than your opponent. Yeah, um, I think this is. I think you're right about uh, this election, and I, for me, this is an election about discernment. Um, who has a discernment in order to uh, cooperate with a group of people? And I'm not saying anything about my opponent, uh, his ability, but uh, I will suggest that he has a different kind of discernment uh, with respect to that. Again, I'm practiced in uh, dealing with you know large groups of people, being able to prioritize, bringing in new information, uh, believing science. Um, although science doesn't require my belief, like gravity exists whether I believe in it or not. Uh, so uh, that is what I really do think that this election is about. And then ultimately the direction of Columbia. What are Columbia's values? Uh, and there's people that uh, share our my values. Um, there's a lot of them in the fifth word, come to find out. Uh, and there's some people who uh, maybe have, you know, different values uh, and share more values with, you know, people in the county or with other smaller towns can, that, that surround us. Yeah. Let's talk about some of the things that have, that have come along with the city council as we've moved through this process yeah. as well. We know about uh, electricity uh, and the, the fact that uh, there is a, a. There were some bonds available. There were some decisions yeah. to do uh, some upgrades. Mm-hmm. Then they changed a little bit of not in my backyard involved mm-hmm. uh, uh, that process. So, uh, what have you learned about that? About uh, electricity specifically? Sure, um, there is that, and that's. I mean, that's in every ward, and that's in every community. The the NIMBYs, right? Oh, not sure. in, not right yeah. in my not in my backyard. Uh, things that I have uh, really learned about electricity and its transmission is um, basically how frail it has been left by, uh, you know, the phrases, you know, kicking the can down the road. So those are the kinds of things that, uh, that, uh, that I learned. Um, my electricity flickers on and off maybe only a couple times a year. And for that, I'm really fortunate. Um, and I'm not hooked up to machines that are going to be required from uh, electricity. Unlike some people that I've met that use, um, uh, you know, non-invasive ventilation at night, uh, that's medical term. It's uh, like a BiPAP or a CPAP machine, <laughs> but non-invasive ventilation. Uh, and they have some significant concerns with respect to that, uh, of how frail our infrastructure really is. And, you know, and then you have kind of a, a, a in my mind anyway, there's, there's a clear choice of, is it going to be more of the same? Are we really going to take Columbia, not in a new direction, but in an accountable direction of what does that really look like? Um, you know, city staff had a point of view about things um, years ago, but uh, it keeps getting delayed, delayed, delayed. And I think that Ward 5 and Columbia as a whole is ready for an investment, investing in people, investing in our infrastructure, uh, investing in the population that is coming. That That's some of it that's already here, but is coming. Um, we are a rapidly expanding city and we are you know, drawing in some of the best uh, from around surrounding communities. Another uh, utility, the, the water situation. Right. Funds that were appropriated again to upgrade the the water plant, right. uh, that's come now to a situation uh, that probably the rates are going to need to be raised to stabilize things. Mm-hmm. So then bonds can be sold to fix mm-hmm. that. Uh, give us more on that. Sure. Well, bonds keep getting sold, right? Bonds keep getting sold in the marketplace. Uh, there has not been. I have not seen or. Uh, the investment from those bonds. This is a promise. When we approve bonds, this is a promise that something is going to happen with this money. Uh, and 
we just haven't seen it. Um, and then again, with you know, no water uh, testing being done for over a year, uh, you know, I drink the water. Uh, I am here. You know, uh, my sons go to public school. My wife. This is this is. A, it, it is not theoretical to me. Uh, so, uh, with respect to these bonds, uh, it's time for Columbia to start keeping its promise. Again, it's I'm one person, uh, but I need to be able to share with people kind of where my heart is. Uh, yeah. And yeah, that's in the I'm process thinking. of that, uh, we're all going to have to pay a little more, or some might even believe sure. a lot more. Sure. For that water that will be tested now and right. focuses on that, right. but it, it, it's a problem. It 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 could be. Yeah. Um, I am fortunate enough, uh, and I don't want to speak for everyone else in Ward Five, but I'm fortunate enough to where uh, a slight increase in order to make sure that I have safe water is still cheaper than going and only drinking bottled water. Uh, so I always believe it's not what you pay, it's what you get. And there's yeah. a reason why high-quality shoes cost a little more. They last longer. If you buy low-quality things, they fall apart and they end up in a landfill, right? And then you have to keep resupplying, resupplying, resupplying. So I think it's time for us, we have paid, it's time for us to get the thing for which we have paid. And that is clean water, reliable electricity, safe streets, affordable housing, and all the things right. that are on my platform. Fusis was brought back to the city council yes. after that was voted down a few right. months ago, was brought back uh, and a policy that supports that. Uh, have you tell me about your feelings on Fusis and yeah. how it connects to, I guess, the police department? Yeah. Uh, so it feels to me like it's a total bypass of the Fourth Amendment, right? The uh, due process, your right in your property, uh, your possession of the property. Uh, so. Uh, there are some significant concerns, but not only privacy concerns, um, but other kinds of oversight concerns. When we don't have a transparent government, when we don't have a transparent uh, and accountable unelected leadership, we end up giving them more power, more authority over us. So uh, it was I was in the room when it happened, when Fusis came back. I thought this issue had been resolved. Uh, uh, alas, we're going to have to see kind of where this where this plays out. Uh, I don't know how it's going to play out. And again, the ordinance was 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 voted down already once by the city council. We'll have to see what the new ordinance looks like. It may be something that has a lot more oversight. It may be something with less oversight. Um, and I think our you know law enforcement do again a pretty good job of catching bad guys and stuff in our community, people who would want to do us harm. Uh, so. Uh, you know, there's all other ways of surveillance. There are drones that are available and such that are, you know, uh, wholly owned and operated by uh, Columbia City, Columbia yep. Law Enforcement. So uh, it remains to be seen kind of what this ordinance is going to be. It just came up. I imagine it's going to be coming up again here maybe this Monday. Yep. Remains right. to be, I haven't had a chance to look at the agenda. Yet. I know it was just posted, but I haven't right. watched the agenda. Finally, 30 seconds. Uh what are you looking forward to between now and the 4th of April? Yeah, continuing to share who I am with individuals, um, continuing to share my vision of Columbia and showing that how my values and I believe Columbia's values are, are really in sync and uh, looking forward to serving. Yeah, very good. Appreciate your time. Greg Thank Bush, you. candidate Appreciate for it, Fifth Ward City Council in uh, the city of Columbia. Uh, thanks for your time. Thank you. You bet. Back after this timeout, it's Columbia Business 1 on 1, 98.9 FM, 1400 AM KFRU.
We'll be right back with more of KFRU's Columbia Business One-on-One on News Talk 98.9 FM and 1400 AM. KFRU. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom to do your deal. Whether you enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, or simply soak up the sun and sand in a tropical paradise, Cheap Caribbean Vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Jamaica and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. We have Lauren Bosworth with us. Yay! The Hills. So what is like your number one question from fans? The primary question I still get asked was, what, is it real? <laughs> <laughs> In 2024, to me, is a surprising question to get because I feel like everybody has been through the reality TV gauntlet at this point. What women binge wherever you listen. Welcome back to KFRU's Columbia Business One-on-One on News Talk 98.9 FM and 1400 AM. KFRU. Welcome back to the final segment of this Columbia Business One-on-One on a cold Saturday morning. Appreciate you tuning in here. Of course, we continue our conversations with candidates for the April 4th municipal election. Uh, and, of course, uh, we do both the... Uh, the city council side of that and the Columbia Public Schools school board side of that. And we do appreciate this week Chris Horn uh, coming in and having a conversation with us. Chris, uh, of course, the only um, incumbent running for a second term, uh, two others uh, with the three open seats. The other two uh, decided not to run again. And uh, so Chris is the only incumbent that is running, and that puts him in an interesting position. So I thought that was a great conversation uh, and uh, some good information from him on that. And then, of course, uh, Greg Bush, who is uh, the candidate, uh, one of the candidates for Fifth Ward, uh, the city council seat that's coming up in the April election as well. And uh, we appreciate them coming in and having uh, conversations with us here. You're also uh, going to hear them coming up on KFRU, both uh, Columbia Morning with David Gaines, as I believe David's going to focus on the city council candidates over the next uh, 10 days or so before uh, the April election. And uh, Simon Rose has already conducted a couple of interviews with uh, the school board candidates, and he will continue uh, to do that as well with the other five. And I know some of those in this coming week uh, you can tune in for. And of course, anytime we do those, this program, uh, those conversations that both David Gaines and Simon Rose do on their shows, those are podcast after they happen and are available on our website, kfru.com, under the podcast tab. And you can, uh, you know, scroll down to Columbia Morning with David Gaines, to the morning meeting with Simon Rose, uh, to Columbia Business One-on-One, uh, and get uh, those conversations and see the archive there. Uh, if you want to get some additional information or dig into that uh, a little bit more, it's a great opportunity. And not only that, all of those uh, podcasts are available wherever you find your favorite podcast as well. In the case of Columbia Business One-on-One, just search for Columbia Business One-on-One. You'll find the archive and uh, a description of each one of those, and you can 
go in and check those out. So across the week and on the weekends, we're going to bring you up to date with uh, information from the candidates coming up in this April election. It's been an interesting one. It will get even more interesting. And, of course, another final thought that's coming up uh, along with that, uh, many of the forums that have been going on. And, uh, of course, last week there was uh, a forum slash debate with Mike Murphy, who is the owner and editor of ComoBuzz.com, but also a contributor to the Sunday Morning Roundtable on Sunday mornings here on KFRU. Uh, the second of those with all of the school board candidates is going to be coming up on Monday night. And once again, we're going to replay that on KFRU. Six o'clock Tuesday night uh, is when that will be run. And we certainly invite you to tune in for that. Uh, it's a little different format than most. Uh, there's a lot of candidates for school board, so it'll be interesting to hear. It'd be worth tuning in just to see how that conversation among seven people goes, quite frankly. But uh, uh, there's some good information that certainly will come of that, so we invite you uh, to do that. Thanks for tuning in. It is Columbia Business One-on-One on this Saturday morning on 98.9 FM, 1400 AM, KFRU. You've been listening to KFRU's Columbia Business One-on-One. Hey, if you'd like your business to be featured, just call Call 573-303-3269, Monday through Friday. Or send an email to mark.mills at cumulus.com. We'll be back next Saturday with another local business to spotlight on KFRU's Columbia Business One-on-One. On News Talk 98.9 FM and 1400 AM, KFRU. What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real, because just business is better business. Visit JustCapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count.